Well, good morning. Great to see you all. I came across this story during the week. Last Wednesday, a passenger in a taxi heading for Midway Airport leaned over to ask the driver a question and gently tapped him on the shoulder to get his attention. The driver screamed, lost control of the cab, nearly hit a bus, drove up over the curb and stopped just inches away from a plate glass window. For a few moments, everyone was silent in the cab. Then the shaking driver said, are you okay? I'm so sorry, but you scared the daylights out of me. The badly shaken passenger apologized to the driver and said, I didn't realize that a mere tap on the shoulder would startle someone so badly. The driver replied, no, no, I'm the one who should be sorry. It was entirely my fault. Today is my first day driving a cab. I've been driving a hearse for the last 25 years. How many of you have shared Jesus? How many have shared your story of faith with someone this week? Couple. That's good. Couple. How many of us feel confident to share Jesus, to share the good news, the gospel with people on any given opportunity? A few of us? Not too many, a few of us. Story of faith. Did you know that um, uh, being able to share the gospel, being able to share your story, your testimony is like the basics, 101 of being a Christian, yeah. of being a disciple of Christ. It, it's, it's a basic thing that we can share our faith. It's something that uh, not only we should be able to do, but we need to do it. It's really good for us. us. It, it encourages people. It encourages ourselves. It's something we, we should do. Did, did you realize that it's not actually the evangelist's job primarily to go around sharing the gospel with everyone so that we don't have to do it. Yeah. Ephesians 4 it says that the evangelist's job is actually to equip the church, equip the saints to do the job that God's called us to do. So actually it's all of our job to share the gospel. It's all of our job to tell people about Jesus and God's been gracious and given us evangelists to help train us in that. But it's pretty good. How many of you would like a few more tools perhaps in your toolbox to around sharing the faith, uh, the gospel and that, a few of you, because I've got great news for you, great, great news. Next Saturday, 2.30 to 4.30, Dare to Share with Patrick Fitzgerald, and I'd love to see every one of us there, I really would. We'll be meeting at um, Vision College around the road at ATC in the Music Auditorium from 2.30 to 4.30, and it's something that we're putting on to help do the very things that Jesus has asked us to do. It shouldn't be really scary sharing the gospel with people. It should be something that just flows out of us. And, um, and I, I actually think you're far more equipped than you think you are. you just got to do it. You've got to kind of step over that chicken line. Yeah. And, and, and we've got to do it when the opportunity presents or when we create the opportunity. And so we've got this happening next Saturday, Dare to Share, and uh, Pat, I've never met anyone who can connect 
any conversation to the things of God as quickly as Patrick can. He's amazing. We were sitting, him and I were sitting in Monaco KFC, which had to be anointed for a start, didn't it? Because it was KFC. Yes. And um, that's especially for Owen. And um, uh, this is probably 18 months ago. We were sitting in there really late one night. I can't remember. We'd been somewhere. We're going to the airport. I can't remember what it was. But we were sitting there, and suddenly Patrick goes to me, right, the, antig- the antagonist is gone. I said, what? And he goes, there's three guys sitting behind you. The one that was the problems just left. Let's go and talk to the other two. I thought we were the only ones in the restaurant. I had no, one, no idea that there was even anybody else there. Anyway, okay, so we go over there. Long story short, within 10 minutes, both these guys have made recommitments to Christ. And, um, and we've got their life story and everything else. 10 minutes. And uh, he's genius. I've seen him do this time and time again. He just has a magic way of taking any conversation from where it is to crossing the bridge to making it a faith conversation. And um, he's going to help us with that. So I really encourage you to come. I think I'm just doing my magic scan this morning because I'm jet-lagged and I can get away with anything I want today. So now I know exactly who's in the room. And it's not like I'd impose myself on you, but I look forward to seeing you there. We'll be sending emails out on Monday. No, we won't. But I encourage you, be there. This is a great talk. And the price, the price is free. I'm not going to cost you a cent. Just two hours of your time, and not only, just think, Two hours of your time could help populate heaven. Wow. That'd be pretty good, wouldn't it? That's good. You don't look convinced. <laughs> nor do you sound convinced. But I am convinced for you. Oh, yeah. 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 Just as well, I don't intimidate too easy, because otherwise it would be very intimidating for me right now. <laughs> Love to see you there. See, th- here's the deal. When you get to heaven and you're standing face to face before Jesus and he goes, I sent some brilliant opportunities your way. Did you speak? Did you tell them about the gospel? And you go to Jesus, well, Jesus, I would have, but our pastor never equipped us. Our pastor never created opportunities for us to learn how to do these things. Jesus is going to look at you with compassion in his eyes and say, you're a liar. <laughs> you know, I won't say anymore, I'll get in trouble. But I'd love to see you there in all seriousness. It would be very good. So it's a great opportunity. 2.30 to 4.30 next Saturday. It'll be awesome. Hey, um, Jan and I have just got back last night, um, yesterday late afternoon, from Thailand. And uh, we were there with Tear Fund. So as a church, we've been sowing into um, the work that Tear, uh, through Tear Fund, some of the work that's going on there in Thailand, particularly... Um, with modern-day slavery, um, anti-trafficking, and exploitation of people. And the area we've been sowing into primarily is uh, sex industry, because that's where it's rampant. But it's not limited to sex industry. Like human trafficking is around employment as well. I think uh, you'll remember even in New Zealand a couple of months ago, some guys, restaurant owners in Auckland, got sentenced. I think it was the first time in New Zealand got sentenced for uh, trafficking and exploiting of workers in their restaurant chain. And so it happens in New Zealand too. It doesn't just happen in Thailand. But 
as a church, part of our global missions is that we've been investing into and through uh, Tear Fund into what's happening particularly in the, the sex trade in Thailand because it's rife over there. It's terrible. And um, there's, so we, we, just, we went to Thailand. We were invited to go by Tear Fund to have a look predominantly at an organisation that they worked through called Lyft. And uh, Lyft used to be known as Invader. And uh, Lyft is an amazing organisation, uh, NGO, birthed out of New Zealand, Kiwis, and they are making a significant impact over there. Uh, they have tremendous staff, like the best staff, top quality in their area, uh, that are doing wonderful jobs, and they now are recognised by government authorities, etc., for the work that they're doing there, and get invited, invited into situations to help. So they're doing a tremendous job. So we got to uh, go over there and have a look primarily at that and hear what they're doing, but also to, to touch some of the other things that Tear Fund are involved with in Thailand. And to be fair, it was interesting, it was challenging, and it was incredibly disturbing. It's not an environment I would like to put myself in, and again, in a hurry. But um, we went, we saw. And uh, Jam, why don't you come and tell us a little bit about it, and I will show pictures. How's that? Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Okay. So the first day uh, we went with Tear Fund. There was um, Katie, uh, the leader of our group. Uh, she's with Tear Fund. She led us around. It was her 30th birthday that first day. So we got to celebrate her 30th birthday with her. Um, the rest of the team, there was a, a lady and her daughter from Wellington and a couple that led a church, the Upper Room in Auckland. That was a highlight for Sherrod and I. We've got lifelong friends from the trip, so that was great. And also, uh, who else? Nuresh from India. Some of you may have heard of Nuresh. He travelled from the bottom to the top or to the top to the bottom of New Zealand on a tandem bike. You may have heard or um, seen that in the paper, raising money. Um, he's an extremist athlete. Um, he was on our trip as well. What was that, Evel? Oh, and another lady from Hamilton as well. So the team, we first day we explored a little bit of Bangkok. That was basically... Uh, for us to get a sense, a feel of the place and um, a little sense of, you can see the temples there, um, the grip that, uh, that was over people's lives uh, in the whole area of religion, um, people bowing down everywhere um, to the shrines, uh, to the temples, to the big, uh, great big statues everywhere, even in the airport there was a shrine and people couldn't walk past, some people could couldn't walk past this area of the in the airport without stopping to to bow. So that gave us a sense of the place. Then we went to a wet market. This is at the wet market. The frogs being jammed into the nets there, trying to get out. Then of course they that Sheridan trying to explain that they then kill the frogs and then they eat the frogs. Um, but there were uh, 
all sorts of different live things and fruit and veggies in the wet market. It was a huge place. This is Noi, who is our leader uh, at the wet market, and she also uh, worked with an organisation that was set up there called Cooking with Poo. Poo is a lady. That is her name. <laughs> um, and... Uh, so you can see Noise T-shirt. You can't quite see it, but it says, I cook, cooked with poo and I liked it. <laughs> um, Noise, first time out of the country, she went to Australia with um, a friend to help learn English so that she could do things like this, be our guide. And she had her T-shirt on and people were laughing at her everywhere. And, so, and Noise didn't know what poo meant to us. And so people were laughing, and so the lady with her, she's like, oh, what? why are people laughing? And, and she, the lady with her just had her on. Said, I don't know. I don't know why they laugh. <laughs> but after a while, she, she told her why people might be laughing at her. And then uh, Noi was telling us, she said, I, so I find out, I find out what poo means for you. But I don't care. I don't care what, what that means. I would still wear my T-shirt, and then I cook with poo, and I like it. <laughs> She was very gorgeous, effervescent, um, and so showed us all around the market. We brought some of the goods there, and then we went to the cooking um, school, which is what they set up in a slum area. Um, so this is inside. It's all slum area around the outside. Um, and... Because of this work, I think it was number one on, um, I've forgotten the, online, it was num it's number one on one of the tourist things. Tri TripAdvisor yeah. or something, was it? Um, anyway, yeah, if you look it up. Um, because of the organisation, the slum area is actually a whole lot nicer than other areas around there because of what they are doing there. There's the, one of the meals. The story The story's quite amazing. There was some people walked past... Uh, this lady Pooh's house in the slum and she'd just been cooking and it smelled fantastic and they stopped and they tasted her food and, and her food tasted fantastic so they, long story short they decided to help her and they created this school cooking with Pooh and it's, it's um, so it's now a social enterprise and it's, it's lifted the whole area the slum like Noi who was showing us around had grown up in that area or was, you know, living in that area and now is working in this business. So it's, economically, it's lifted the whole area and it's caught uh, international media attention and they've been doing work with the likes of Jamie, Oliver and, and others. It's amazing what someone just um, responding to an idea as they walk past and it can, where it can lead to is, is absolutely uh, inspiring. Move on? Yeah, moving on. Sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so <coughs> this is um, on a covert exercise that they took us on. Um, so we met with Lyft. Lyft is the organisation there that uh, we are supporting through Tear Fund. Um, as Sheridan said before, an incredible team. They've got an investigator... Uh, detective, undercover detective that is from New Zealand. He works over there with the team. 
another detective that is Thai, uh, an incredible lawyer that is Thai. Uh, they have a guy, another Kiwi, that used to be in the army, and also he's a, um, a techie geek guy as well. as uh, And so he looks after the whole surveillance. That was really interesting as well. Um, so all of this, there was more on the team as well, but um, they all worked together to be able to lift people out of trafficking, slavery. Um, some were little boys that were being abused. The t- different stories they told us about how they had freed some of these ones and convict- brought convictions um, to, to um, many people as well and compensation as well that they had um, got for the victims. So we, re- we heard a lot of stories. Then we are given a scenario, a scenario to go on a covert exercise and basically to, to allow us to have the feeling of what they go in undercover and um, do to, to be able to lift these people out. So we're given a picture of a la- lady. Her name is Rain. Her so-called name is Rain. And we are given a little bit of background about her. She's been taken deeply into the uh, sex industry, and she is. But she's been calling out for help. She contacted somebody, but they heard of that, so they've drawn her in deeper. Um, we are told that we're going out on the street. We have a leader to be able to follow. Uh, we're not totally sure what areas we're going to go into at the stage, but we're told we're going out. But we're told also that we are going to be followed there are going to be people that are watching us. And to, so to be careful, but to take photos as well. So this is some photos that we took because I was like, I am in, I am in, I am going to get this girl rain out of there. And so I was like, come on, come on, <laughs> we're going to find her, come what may. Detective so Jan. we were wandering around many streets and I was there with my phone, my, I was snapping off photos. Anybody I thought that looked like rain or looked like they were following us, <laughs> I was taking their photos and, and video. And so anyway, we, we, we go through a lane. It's, it's awful. It's horrible. Um, people are trying to draw us in, into bars and strip clubs uh, um, here, there and everywhere. Um, then we're drawn into this other area. We're, ba- we're following a leader. Um, we, were, we were lagging a bit behind because I was so busy on my investigation work. Lagging, uh, I tell you, lagging. Um, we're taken into this other area. Our bags are searched first, and we're like, oh, what's, what's this? What's happening now? Our bags are searched. We go into this area. The closest thing I can destri- describe it is a little bit like Chartwell Mall. It's a multi-level complex but it's all open there are bars and strip clubs whatever what have you everywhere there are thousands yeah no probably not hundreds 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 and hundreds maybe a thousand of um prostitutes everywhere um lady boys lots of guys dressed up as as girls they're everywhere um, everything within us wanted to turn around and go the other way, but we're following our leader. We're on our co-op covert exercise. It was awful. Um, they, there are lots of people, you, you can't avoid them. They're everywhere. Um, and they, they've got little paddles. They're trying to get you. They're trying to whip you. 
one of them whipped me, and I'm sorry, I wasn't very Christian. Say, excuse me. <laughs> um, it is apparently all illegal. There are police in the area. Security guys, we walked past them. I'm afraid I had to stop and say, is this not supposed to be illegal? Quite loudly in the whole area. Um, and they got a little bit of a surprise. But they, they do nothing. Um, they're all paid bribes. Um, taken out of that area, thank goodness. Uh, um, and then we're taken to this bar area here. Uh, and Which the, wasn't much better. Not yet, wasn't much better at all. It was <clears throat> awful. It was awful. But the team were mostly um, in shock, basically sitting there in shock. I was investigating. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> come on, team. <laughs> we are getting this girl. And so we spotted this on the right there um, with the lady with her back to us. That's Rain. We found her. And so they, we were allowed to sort of take, you know, um, sneaky pics because we needed to get the info, you know. Um, so we're taking pics. And then the other photo of the one on the left is uh, we, we thought, I think they're watching us, and that we happened to be at. They're actually staff from Lyft, and they were watching us pretending to play on their phone, but they were taking photos of us. Um, but, so the two ladies there... Uh, one, they're actually both on staff with Lyft. Uh, we, we didn't realise that at the time. Uh, one is the detective and one's a lawyer. But this is our undercover Lady Rain that we need to rescue. So the whole team's sitting there and we're going, that's Rain, that's Rain, that's Rain. And I'm like, well, can we go and talk to her? What, what, can we, what do we do? And so I dragged Sheridan over and we went and, chat. We went and sat there and I said, hey, hey can we buy you a drink? Like, they're very, very much in, this, in the role of their acting and very staunch and go quite cold on us. Rain can't speak English. Here we are trying to save the girl and she can't even speak English. Uh, the other one is like the mama-san the, and she's like her guard. She's like, we're working. It's like, oh, okay. Well, you look lonely. Can we buy you a drink? And I was like, oh, we're from New Zealand. Da, da, da. And I would not leave them alone. I'm like, this is, if this girl is trafficked, I am not going to move away from this, from this area um, until we were eventually told, come up, we're all, we all had to go. And I was like, oh, we can't go. Anyway, um, turns out, yeah, anyway, the next day we met back again together. Um, we did an okay job. <laughs> you can be proud of us, church. We did an okay job. <laughs> I, think, I think Jan was the only one that's ever done their exercise that had the guts to go up and talk to the person out of all of the oh, groups yeah, that have ever done Oh, they did say it, so. nobody before yeah. had ever got that far, so, so that was good. That was good. But anyway, it gave us a sense of what they're dealing with, what they're dealing with there. Um, Obviously, you know, this is Thailand, it's all around the world, and it is in, here in New Zealand as well. So, um, yeah, let's not fool ourselves that it's only there. Um, this does have happen everywhere, doesn't it? Um, is there more, are there more? It's pretty graphic, though. It's pretty confronting when you get put in the environment of it, of it there, because it's just so in your face, and there's so much of it. We were told one story, because we did a um, two-day school, with Lyft, a learning lab, 
and uh, they told us of one story. They pointed out the building, this high-rise, and they brought in, in this case, trafficked girls from across the border. So they bring them across the border without any papers or anything, so they can't go back. They've got no money, they've got nothing. They took the girls all up on the balcony of the building, a group of them, and when they got up to show them the city, and when they got up the top there, they said to them, you'll do exactly what we tell you to do, you won't ask any questions, you won't speak back to us, you know, through the lists, and uh, if you do, we know where your families are, we know uh, where your brothers and sisters live, and something terrible will happen to you, and they pushed one of the girls off the building in front of them. So these young girls, in many cases 12, 13, uh, just have such fear put in them that they, the whole situation is beyond their control. Mm. And so the, the whole thing is really um, fueled by poverty is the, the root cause. Um, but it doesn't matter which way you paint it or look at it, it's just it's horrendous, it really is, it's absolutely terrible. one of the lanes on the left there that we walked down. <coughs> and then our last night, we did a little bit of Thai dancing. Oh, Jan did some Thai dancing. <laughs> Sheridan did not do some Thai dancing. <laughs> some of us refused. So that was that. So as a church, Thank you, Jen. Yeah, can I just say one thing <laughs> before I sit down? Um, I guess, you know, the, the feeling that I had there was that, you know, that sense of, come on, we've got to free, you know, whether it was rain or whoever it is, we've got to free these people. And, and it's wonderful. We can't, we are doing something as a church. You know, we are having an effect in that place. We're having an effect in places all around the world. But it's also here, right, you know, there are people that we know at school, at work, or wherever we are that are not in a place of freedom at all, you know, that people that are going through stuff, it may not, they may not have been trafficked, but people that are going through stuff, there are people here today going through stuff and may not be in a place of freedom, but that's something that we can do, and especially, you know, t together we can do, that's something powerful when we stand together. Um, but that's something that we can do. So how can we not, how can we not share about the freedom that we have when we have a relationship with God? How can we not share that? And so I encourage you also to come on Saturday um, with that. I know Patrick that Sheridan talked about, he was not in a place of freedom. You know, he, he was in a place, a, a mess and early on in his life. And so he desperately doesn't want anyone else to be in that place and wants freedom. So that's what we need to do together, eh, church, yeah. is release freedom into people's lives. Amen. Thank you, Jen. So it was an interesting experience, and um, thank you as a church for everything we do with Global Mission, because, you know, through Global Mission, that's one of the things that we're involved with. Um, Pip, are you here this morning? I didn't see you when I was looking. She is? Where's Pip? Wave. Oh, there you are. Wave your hand. Pip down the back there. She, um, she started a trust in India called Tamar. I've got that right, eh, Pip? And uh, I get the privilege to have a look at that later. I don't know if you are aware. I oversee a group of churches in the Punjab in India. 
and um, I'm visiting them in November and I get to have a look at some of the work that Pip started on the way, uh, on my way home in Kolkata. Um, but interestingly, just reading the highlights of Pip's master's, um, what do you call it, thesis, people can be removed from the situation but they don't actually find freedom until they find Jesus. You know, and we all carry that message. You can carry that message into your workplace, into your school, into your university, wherever we go, we carry it, which is wonderful. So all of that has led me just to think about giving. And uh, I don't talk about giving very often, but I thought I would this morning. Um, so, uh, because it's important. And the Bible is absolutely full of scriptures on giving. Deuteronomy 15.10, give generously to him and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all the work you do and in everything you put your hand to. 1 Chronicles 29, Then the people rejoiced because they had offered so willingly, for they made their offering to the Lord with a whole heart. Proverbs, um, he, who he who is generous will be blessed, and he who, for he gives some of his food to the poor. Proverbs again, He who gives to the poor will never want, but he will shut but he who shuts his eyes will have many curses. Malachi 3.10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and test me now in this, says the Lord. Tithing is the only thing anywhere that God asks us to test him on. Only thing. Luke 6.38, give it, it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, for by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. And it goes on and on. There are many, many gifts. I like this one. Matthew 23, 23, what sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites? For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. It's fascinating. Tithing's not giving. I'll touch on that in a moment. But can I ask you a question? How much ministry will $1,000 buy? $1,000 worth. How much ministry will $10,000 buy? $10,000 Great. Four people answered. How, how much ministry will $100,000 buy? $100,000 You're getting it. What about how much ministry will a million dollars buy? How much ministry will $100 million buy? Fantastic. It's incredible, isn't it? but it all costs money. And that again is where I want to say thank you. Thank you for sowing into global mission. Thank you for sowing into the life of the church because everything costs money and we can do what we can do according to the resource that we have. And, um, you know, we do have a great legacy as a church in global mission. We have a wonderful legacy as a church that goes back many, many years. We have uh, a great legacy and a growing legacy of our community footprint in the church. We have people like Ian Green, who you remember was with us a month or two ago, come in absolutely amazed by the, the community footprint that we have as a church. He, he visits church, all, churches all over the world. That's what he does. And uh, he comes here and he's amazed. Our auditor, because we've got to audit the books and stuff, our auditor likes auditing our accounts 
because he, he does mainly charitables, and he d- says that out of all the churches that he does, and it's not something to be proud of, but it is something to be happy about, he says, he says out of all the books that he audits, the ratio of money coming in and going out in our church is probably the highest. R- roughly a third of every cent that comes through the doors of Activate Church goes back out into the community or into mission, which is great. It's a great legacy, as well as all the stuff we do. It goes back out into that's going external. It's something great. Well, we can only do that because of the generosity of you as a church. So thank you so much for that. And it's wonderful. However, I think we can still do better. And one of the areas I think that it would be good for us to improve on is the area of tithing. Many people mistakenly think that when they tithe, they're giving. You're not. The tithe belongs to God. When we tithe, we're not giving, but if we withhold our tithe, we're robbing. It's tough, eh? When we withhold our tithe, we're actually robbing God. God gives us everything we have. It comes from Him. And he says, there you go. Now I want you to give 10% back to me, which is pretty good because I bet, you know, the council asks for more than 10%, don't they? Rates and different things and everything else. They want a jolly fortune off you. It's just the way life works. But God could say, I'll take 90% back and you have 10. But in his goodness, he goes, no, no, I'll just take 10. You can have 90. Do what you like with it. I think that's a good deal in anybody's book. That's a good deal. He supplies air, Life, body, food, everything. He supplies it. Great deal. So he says, bring the tithe into the storehouse, which is the local church. Again, people get that wrong. They think they're giving here, there, and everywhere. And that's tithing. That's not tithing. That's giving. That's offerings. Tithing comes into the church. That's what tithing is. Biblically, that's what tithing is. 10% of our increase comes into the local church, which allows the local church to do what it does in the community, allows the presence of the local church in the community. That's God's system. That's not a person's system. That's God's system. But it's really good to understand that because I find there is a lot of misunderstanding. Oh, I tithe to um, World Vision. Well, no, that's not tithing. You're giving to World Vision. Good on you. Well done. But it's not tithing. There is biblically, there is a difference. This is, and this is the one thing that God says to test him on, bringing the tithe in. And uh, Jan and I have tithed for many, many years. And, you know, I reckon it's because we tithe that God makes up the difference all the time in our finances. And I look at things sometimes and I go, that shouldn't work, but it does. Actually, I've looked at our budget our whole married life and I've gone, that shouldn't work, but it does. And uh, I, I believe it's primarily because we tithe that God makes up the difference. Then on top of that, he tells us to give offerings, which is everything else that we give. You know, that's a global mission and, and all those kind of things and your tear funds or, or whatever it is, wherever you choose to give it, that's all offerings. But they're different. But many people stop there and go, well, that's the, that's the biblical pattern. And I haven't got time to go into it deeply this morning. But they stop there and they go, well, that's the, the biblical pattern of finances for the Bible, that you tithe and you give. But it's only half the story. Because according to the biblical pattern, and Deuteronomy is a good place to go and study this, the biblical pattern is that you tithe, that you give offerings, that you save, and you invest. 
There's actually four legs to the stool. And I found that very challenging because over many years, I've always thought and, and had always thought that I pay, give my tithes. I oh, know I pay my tithes. I don't give them. They're his. I pay my tithes. I give my offerings as much as I can, and it doesn't leave a hang of a lot left over. But I've learned that responsible stewardship in the kingdom actually means that I also need to save and I also need to invest. It's really hard to give out of nothing. I don't know if you've discovered that. But if I save and I invest well, it's going to set a platform for the, that will bring freedom in the future. And so I was challenged some years ago that I needed to try and uh, set my budget in such a way that I could live, that our family could live on 60 to 70% of our income which was incredibly challenging. There's no way I could do it. It's taken years and years to get anywhere near it. But we could tithe, we can give, we can save, we could invest, and we could live. And it's a great principle for us all to live by, I think. Well, it's a biblical principle. Biblical principles work. And so I want to encourage you to be generous, and I want to also encourage you to be wise. It's good to invest. It's good to save. It's good to give. And it's essential that you tithe. Does that make sense? You know, I'm very, very quiet now. Yep. thought you were intimidating before. You want to stand here now. I should bring a few of you up, eh, to look out at everyone's faces. It's like... <laughs> but it's such an important principle in our lives. And, and money affects all of us, doesn't it? You know, we all, we all got to pay the bills. We all got to live. We all want to live reasonably well. That's part of the challenge of living in New Zealand is that we do live well, but it costs. It's part of the challenge. I, I, I believe that it is a fundamental part of every disciple that we want to be generous. Uh, as, our, as our hearts are turned toward God, that's just part of who we become as a generous people. And so can I encourage you, because I know some people will feel guilty about investing and feel guilty about saving. Don't. It's wisdom. It's God's way. It's wisdom. But don't neglect your tithe. Don't neglect being generous. Add these other things to it. All right? Great, I'll finish there. I'll see you. It's all you can take. (laughs) You want to jump up on your feet? Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for your church. I thank you, Lord, for the difference that we're making as a group of people as we come together, that the difference we can make, the difference we can um, make in our our town and our nation and the nations of the world is significant. Father, I pray that that continues to extend and expand on many, many times over. Father, I thank you that the things you have in front of us uh, to achieve as a as a church, as a faith community, are amazing. And I ask that we would be faithful with our tithe, Lord. I ask that as we test you even in that area, that you would again and again and again and again prove yourself to be faithful in that area. Father, I bless your church with provision in Jesus' name, that we would know what it is to be generous on every occasion, that we would know what it is to be able to save some money, we would know what it is to be able to invest Father, that your church would prosper 
in Jesus' name. Father, I release your blessing, your presence on every person in this place. Father, as we go into our city this week, into the country, into the nations, the world, wherever we're going, I pray that we would leak your kingdom. I pray that wherever we are and whenever we're there, something of Jesus would ooze out of us. And that we would find ourselves steering people to the hope of the world. That we would be able to release joy, kindness, mercy, grace, love. I thank you that you don't simply love on us, but you are love. And as we take that into our community, my prayer is that our community is a better place because of it. So Father, I bless every family here, every household here, every person here in the name of Jesus. And I ask that your peace would rest on each one in Jesus' name. Amen.